You're listening to the Do Re Mi podcast. Doesn't matter because I see You know what phrase I was thinking about this morning? What? If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. It's Are you like, thinking about Nazis? Yeah, I'm thinking about Nazis. It's just such shit, like, like advice for anybody in the entire world. If you can't beat the people who are oppressing you, why don't you join them? Like, what if we said to the Von Trapps, well, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, they could be- beat them. Well, not the Von I, Trapps couldn't. You're right. Um, I think in some, it's more like if you're getting, well, I don't know. You know if you're getting it? bullied, join your bullies? No, but they say, like, you know, sometimes if you beat other people to the punch and you make fun of yourself first and it, like, takes away the like strength of other people being able to make fun of you people shouldn't make fun of people okay well that's human nature and with that (laughs) welcome to episode six episode six everyone welcome (laughs) um this episode is all about the aftermath it is which sounds very dramatic but it's actually it's just talking about the sound of music and yeah i mean there's some drama there's always drama in life I don't think we're talking about any drama today, but it, it is about the sound of music. Don't make people turn off the episode. There's so much drama at the very end, so oh, stay yeah. tuned. It's t- totally jam-packed. Titalizing? Tittal- Tantalizing? Titalizing? I think both yeah. of those work. All right. Um, <laughs> I have to work on our vocabulary. Yeah, putting that in conversation <laughs> naturally later. Um, yeah. Okay. So first, we have some corrections corner. One, last episode, we did not talk about any of the awards that Sound of Music won. We didn't. That's sad. We gotta, we're going to do that now. Here we go. So, it won a lot of Oscars. It won the Oscar for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Sound, Best Film Editing, Best Music, Scoring of Music, Adaptation, or Treatment. Then it was nominated for Best Actress, Julie Andrews, Best Supporting Actress, um, Mother Abbess, Peggy Wood, Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction, Set Decoration, Best Costume Design. I'm surprised it didn't win Costume Design. Yeah, I wonder who won that year. Well, we can't go through that rabbit hole. We can't now, but. do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for Golden Globes, um, it won Best Picture. Julie Andrews won Best Actress. Yes, so it won Best Pictures of the Golden Globes, Comedy or Musical, because you know they split them up. There. Yeah, and Best Actress, Comedy or Musical, which could be why she didn't win Best Actress at the Oscars. I feel like right. usually more dramatic roles. Yeah. Um, but she won for Mary Poppins. True. Which is a children's movie. Anyway, um, we're just over here angry that Julie Andrews hasn't won 20 Oscars for every, you know, Princess Diaries, one and two. About the uh, Golden Globes, she was up against Audrey Hepburn for My Fair Lady and won. And if you remember... um, No, didn't she win against Audrey Hepburn for Best Picture for... um, What, Mary Poppins? Mary Poppins. No, it was Sound Music. Uh, and I remember because it was like she was going to be in My Fair Lady and they were like no and then she ended up winning like My Fair Lady and Sound Music were against each other and she ended up winning and in her acceptance speech she was like thanks for those like to so and so who believed in me wink wink nod nod to My Fair Lady directors who wouldn't cast her because she wasn't a big enough name I see I see and then Golden Globes also (laughs) nominated for Best Director and Best Supporting Actress, Peggy Wood again. Man, Mother Abbas came in hot, even though we know that she couldn't even lip sync to the song correctly. (laughs) And it was was struggling. (laughs) She was good in that. She was good, though. She was. We're not not saying anything bad about Peggy Wood. We're just saying she couldn't lip sync to the song. I mean, how hard is it, really? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, also the Writers Guild of America uh, gave Ernest Lehman the, he was the winner for Best Written American Musical. Beautiful. I don't know who else he was up against at that time. I know, right? That, I mean, <laughs> how many American musicals were going on at that time? Well, I was the 60s. I'm assuming a lot. True. Every movie was a musical. What? I don't know. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> you scared me. Sorry. Um, okay, and then... Next, Corrections Corner. Um, this, again, is brought to you by Nicole out there in the world there, um, who let me know that all the songs from Sound of Music are on Spotify. Um, whereas last episode, I said that they were not all on Spotify, and that is incorrect. They are all on Spotify. But Pandora still only has Lonely Goat Herd, I'm pretty sure. I've never heard any <laughs> other Sound of Music song on there. Um, and you can actually listen to a bunch of different versions of the Sound of Music soundtrack on Spotify. Hint, hint, Grace. You mm-hmm. should get a Spotify account. Um, the 50th anniversary, uh, like, re-release, the original recording, the London cast from 2006, and a bunch of different Broadway recordings, um, and a ton more. Yeah, but the only one worth listening to is the original film. Yeah. Maybe the 50th anniversary one. Yeah, I would listen to that, too. Um, I listened to both, one after another, to see, like, what the difference is. That's just me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Also, next episode, we're thinking of doing a commentary with the movie. So, basically, we would be watching the movie with headphones, and we would be doing, like, kind of how directors do director commentary. So, if you so wished, you could watch Sound Music, and we'll be like, okay, we're starting right now. And then you could watch it and be like, you're watching with us. Yeah, and then, like, this whole, it's like a culmination of all the information we've done on the podcast already. So, like, the things we've talked about, I can be like, that's Mirabelle Palace, or that's Hans the Nazi butler, for instance. Yeah. This kind of be like our swan song. <gasps> that's that's sad. We, that's what we should call it. <laughs> but that's like, that means that's the, the last thing we're ever going to do. Well, maybe on this podcast, unless True. Sound Music it is. 2 comes out. Because <laughs> technically, my my lovely listeners, our lovely listeners, I should say. Yeah, come on. Um, this episode is our last, like, informational episode for you, episode six. Um, and Unless then, we could think of something else to talk about. But if you like want more, yeah. you just let us know and we will happily oblige. We come in, we record 7.30 a.m. every Monday morning, baby. We're here for you. But if you can't think of anything, this is our last episode. Um, and then, so, yeah, I guess our swan song would be... Commentary. Yeah. Is that from Swan Lake? Or what's it called? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Anybody know? No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Should we hop into it? Yes. Okay. So this this is like a little less structured of an episode. We're not going through like a timeline here. We're just going to kind of talk about The Sound of Music after it was released, after it won its awards, kind of how it has affected everybody's lives. Pop culture, references. Yeah, yeah all this stuff, like different iterations, you know. Yeah. So. Bear with us. First thing I want to talk about is the live performance that NBC did. Okay. Of The Sound of Music with Carrie Underwood. Yes. What year was that? 2013. 2013. Um, it was the first live musical on TV since Julie Andrews was in Cinderella in 1957. That's crazy. So, Which, if you haven't seen Julie Andrews in that version of Cinderella, it's the Rodgers and Hammerstein version of Cinderella. It's amazing for those younger folks out there. That's the Brandy version of Cinderella that came yeah. out on Disney. Anyway, it's amazing. My favorite version. And Julie kills it, of course. Yeah, obviously. So Carrie Underwood is was cast as Maria Von Trapp, and per her request, it was blessed by Julie Andrews that she could play. Julie Andrews Maria. would never have said no. I know. She is just truly a queen, and you um, know. yeah, it was based on the musical more so than the film. Right. Yes. So um, I think we talked a lot about the distinctions between the movies and the f- the movie and the f- and the Broadway play. Yeah. And how the movie kind of made it a little bit more fun and had more pizzazz and there was like more upbeat 
Yeah. There was like an upbeat nature to the to the performances and the songs. And um, so I'm assuming I didn't actually see the live performance. I saw it. And it was I mean, it's similar, but definitely some songs. I mean, it's just different because obviously you can't do an entire movie on a stage. Sure. Like so Do Re Mi was different. Um, I thought it was good, though. I mean, yeah, I'm, I feel like they didn't sing for good. Or not for good. That's from Wicked. Um, they, they didn't sing something good. Right. But I don't well, know. That song was written specifically for the movie. Yeah, I know. So I'm, I was trying to think of, like, which which songs did they take out. Right. Um, so, yeah, Carrie Underwood was Maria. And um, Ste- Stephen Moyer was yeah. Captain Georg von Trapp. Yeah, and he's best known for his role as Bill Compton on True Blood. Do you watch True Blood? I've seen probably, like, three episodes of True Blood, but that was, like, huge in high school, early isn't college. Isn't it still on? Is I feel like True Blood is one of those shows that someone was, like, someone tweeted, like, is everyone on that show okay? They've been in high school for, like, 15 <laughs> years. Are they in high school? I don't know. I feel like it was True Blood that someone said that about. I don't know. Okay. I've never seen it. I've never gotten into the vampire lore. Right. Well, Bill Compton, True Blood, that's who Stephen Moyer is known for. But he has more of, like, a theater background. He went to the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts, Lambda, which is, like, a big deal. Um, and after he graduated there, he worked in theater for, like, five years. Um, in London. In London. And things like the National Theater of Wales, Royal Shakespearean Theater, Oxford Stage Company, um, and he played Romeo in Romeo and Juliet on those stages somewhere. So that makes sense. Because when I first read it, I was like, why did they cast this guy to be... <laughs> right. Bill Compton from True Blood. Why did they yeah. cast him? <laughs> But it makes sense. He had more theater background. And if I remember, he was good mm-hmm. in the... He's no Christopher Plummer. No. Um, the true, like, best casting was Audra McDonald, which I had mentioned her earlier, but I couldn't remember in a previous episode, but I couldn't remember her last name. But she was Mother Abbess. She's, like, a multiple Tony Award-winning actress. Um, she's won six Tony Awards, more performance wins than any other actor, and she's the only person to win in all four acting categories. Wow. That's a um, big deal. I didn't even know there were four acting categories at the Tonys. Yeah. I, I think there's, like, drama, musical, supporting. I see. I see. Um, in film, she was Grace and Annie, and um, she was the wardrobe in the 2017 Beauty and the Beast. Right. For those who aren't yeah. into theater and haven't seen Audra on the stage. <laughs> um, some of her things that she, or she, what she's won Tonys for are Carousel, Masterclass, Ragtime, Marie Christine, Raisin the Sun, 110 in the Shade, Porgy and Bess, and Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill. And she was in both the play and TV movie version of Raisin in the Sun, um, which I thought was interesting because she's already done like a play adaptation right. to film. Um, so yeah, she was probably, and she was amazing in it. Okay, so the production was met with mixed reviews, much like the movie and the play. <laughs> um, critics didn't like Carrie Underwood. Yeah, I mean, I think they were saying that, like, her performance was very stale. Like, the singing was amazing because Carrie Underwood does have a great voice, you know. Yeah. But, you know, when you get come down to comparison, comparing Carrie Underwood versus Julie Andrews in terms of performance, like... Yeah, I mean, Is she ever they really going to live up to that? Said her her acting was amateur, lifeless, and lacking emotion. Ugh. Okay, woof. Yeah, I mean, she was. I I felt like she did a good job singing because she was like singing and dancing and like hitting every note. Mm-hmm. Like she must be exhausted, um, like jumping on the bed, but still being able to sing right. favorite things. But I I don't know. I guess I could see what people. Obviously, they could have hired like an actual 
Broadway performer, like an Audra McDonald type, mm-hmm. to play her. But they knew Carrie Underwood would bring in more views. Right. They're definitely casting to get the views. And I, th- I feel like there has to have been other people they could have cast that can sing and act. act. Yeah. But that would... Br- I mean, they like a stage person would be the best role, but people don't know, like, you know. True. Unless it was, like, Leah Michelle or something. Right. No, for sure. It should have been someone like Leah Michelle, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still enjoyed it, though. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I will see it. Yeah, I think it's on Hulu. Or at least it was. But the program was viewed live by more than 18 million people. So, just like the movie and play, <laughs> even though it had mixed reviews, a lot of people... Tuned in. Yeah. And this was, like, their first... NBC's first, like, try at these live performances. And then afterward, they were like, well, if this goes well, we'll do others. Mm-hmm. So this did go well. So then they did Peter Pan and Grease and... Hairspray? Did they do Hairspray? Hairspray, but it wasn't live. Oh, okay. Or no, sorry... They did Hairspray, it was live. They did a Rocky Horror Picture Show, and it wasn't live. But it was, like, similar. It was kind of like they were filming a play. Sure. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. I feel like yeah. they went with Sound of Music first because they of know course. that so many people love it. Yeah. And it was true. Like, 18 million people watched. Right. And, I mean, as we know from last episode, like, this, not only is Sound of Music just a great film, but it's something that generationally has been with people. And, like, they pass it down to their, through their family. Yeah. Like, our parents, I think my parents were babies when Sound of Music came out. You know, my mom was mm-hmm. born in 62 and my dad was 63. And so... Wow, you're just outing your parents' ages like that. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um, but they love Sound of Music and grew up with Sound of Music. I know my boyfriend's grandmother, was it was her favorite film of all time. And she, yeah. like, had the VHSs and, like, watched it with the kids all the time. And, like... We watch it now. We watch it now. And so in our future non-kids. <laughs> yeah, our future non-kids. Like the we're Auntie Grace and Auntie Cece. <laughs> going to pass it on to our. Yeah. Once my niece is old enough to actually care about anything, <laughs> I'll make her watch it. Yeah. Um, okay. So there have been a lot of sound music pop culture references. There's yeah. no way we can cover all of them. Right. But. I think most recently, Seven Rings from Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. The opening like notes are favorite things, and she's kind of like changes around the lyrics, of course. Yeah, but as soon as it comes on, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh my god! Yeah. Because obviously I love Ariana Grande. Who doesn't? A lot of people don't like her, actually. I know. That's strange, but it's fine. Um, but obviously, well, didn't it cost like a lot of money for her to be able to use the song? Probably, but if you listen to the song, if she wants it, she gets it. She doesn't care how much it costs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I walked right into that one. Yeah. I wasn't even trying to set you up. <laughs> but you did. Um, but also there was a comedian who, like, redid the entire song dressed as dressed as Maria Von Trapp, the nun. If you haven't seen this, you have to, like, it's like Google Seven Rings parody. Like, Seven Rings Sound of Music parody. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Amazing. It's also the opening like notes in um, her other song "Thank You Next" in the music video, the like oh, really? iconic music video where she's referencing all these old rom coms. Yeah, it's like the beginning. It's not when you listen to the song you don't hear, but the music video. It's like the opening. I'm gonna like, have to rewatch yeah. the music video. I mean, that's more of like a teaser for her next song that was coming out, but it yeah. is also in that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she also did a sound music spoof on SNL in 2016. So years before she released yeah. Seven Rings. So you know Ariana Grande loves sound music. Yeah. 
That's the one she spent a lot of money on, right? What? Didn't she, like... I'm sure she's spending a lot of money on all of her uh, music videos. But I feel like... Because she's like having she to make to, so many... Oh, I know what it was. Nicole told me this. Oh, my God. I know. I'm sorry. I'm like, there was, like, something sitting, this like, this Just drop of <laughs> information in my mind palace. Okay. Um, apparently, so, um, Ariana and... Victoria, who... Ariana. Excuse me. Ariana and Victoria, who is her best friend, also, like, songwriter. Victoria Monet. Yes. Yeah. Um, they really wanted to do right. this Sound of Music reference in Seven Rings, but they had to agree to the Sound of Music Foundation or the Von Trapp family or something, or Nicole's going to yell at me later when I get this wrong, but um, that they had to give up 90% of the royalties or something, or... And they could only keep 10% so, to be able to use this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow, so she really wanted it. Right, but she got it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I already like, made the joke. Yeah, so. but it was still good the second time. Oh, it was okay the second time. <laughs> so, um, okay, other references. Um, season 12 of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They're like right. banner promotional posters. They're dressed up in like the curtain leader hoses <laughs> and they're on a field. And they used it for like multiple billboards. Yeah, you could Google this. It's funny. Yeah. You can Google all of this. Um, so they love Sound of Music. Yeah. Um, the opening line, The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Music, appears in a 1968 Yellow Submarine movie by the Beatles and also in the TV show Friends, season one, episode 22. Cool. Um, it's uh, The song is just so recognizable. It's yeah. also referenced um, many times in Moulin Rouge. It's like one of the opening songs. Right. We, we, we watched this over the weekend. It yeah. was... So much fun. Yeah. I haven't seen Moulin Rouge in ages, and to re-see that scene, I had totally forgotten it happened. Yeah, Moulin Rouge is such, like, if you like musicals, you will like that movie. Can we have a gender-bend version of Sound of Music where Ian McGregor plays Maria Von Trapp? Yes. That should be a thing, except for some reason he refuses to sing. What's his deal? It was a, when he sang The Hills Are Alive in Moulin Rouge, I, like, got I chills. I know. He was Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast, but... I, I, I mean, he only has one song, Be Our Guest. Anybody have... Which doesn't show off his range. Anyone have his phone number? I, I'd like to give him a quick call. <laughs> Get him on the horn. Yeah, I, maybe, I don't know why he doesn't sing as much. No, but really, we should do a remake of Sound of Music. We, yeah. <laughs> Let's just call Ian McGregor and be like, hey, we've never written a movie before, but... <laughs> but... Or musical. Yeah. Um, maybe down. like a short film. A proof of concept. Which is like to prove that we have the concept, <laughs> but we could just have him singing "The Hills Are Alive" and be like, "See, it'd be amazing!" And then he, we would make a ton of money. Or we could just recut Ewan McGregor from all of his movies into <laughs> the sound of music because he has sang a couple of the songs in Moulin Rouge. Perfect. We have friends who can help us with that. Yeah. Would you guys watch it? <laughs> but they wouldn't. <laughs> Ancillary content. We'll put it up on like a Patreon or something. Patreon. Excuse me. Um, You're just correcting me I left and right this morning. <laughs> Sassy. It's Monday morning, baby. Showbiz, baby. The perfect time for correction. <laughs> um, All right. Continue. Uh, the Julie Andrews recording was in the f- 1993 film Adam's Family Values. Of what song? I think it was the op- like the sound of music. Or oh, The Hills Are Alive. Okay. Yeah, the opening. So sequence. The Hills Are Alive was in the Adam's Family Value. Yeah, which I don't remember, but I haven't I seen that movie in a while. It's been a really long time. And I've tried looking it up, like, when is this? But then when I played the Adam's Family Value soundtrack, it was just, like, it was just that song. It was on there. They, they had a bunch of different songs from different, like, right. they didn't have original they like music. they like spoofy stuff, so. Yeah. Um, okay, Renee Zellweger performs the song in the 2004 film Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. What song does she play? The Hills Are Alive? 
I don't know. Oh, yes. I think it is that same song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I've never seen any of the Bridget Jones movies. I feel like I must have seen it on a plane or in a doctor's office. I missed that. I feel like in high school there were people who, like, girls who, like, liked that series. And I feel like it's quirky and fun and maybe I would like it, but I just – I missed the right. train and I never got on. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, oh, Will and Grace apparently have an episode where they go to a Sound of Music sing-along. And we researched this a little bit and I, for, I think it was called, like, The Von Trapped or something. Like yeah, Von Trapped is what it was called. Yeah. Um, which is funny because sing-alongs are a huge thing in the post-Sound of Music world, which we'll talk about. Um, yes. But it's, it's funny that that obviously was going on much longer than yeah. I would have anticipated. This was on the original Will, Will and Grace, not the... Oh, not the reboot. No. Um, okay, in a 30 Rock episode... <laughs> I love this one. It's referenced that Liz Lemon starred in a free, unlicensed version of The Sound of Music with lyrics like, You are one age going on another age. What's going to happen next? <laughs> We should do a free unlicensed version here at the office where you and I both... No want. one would come to that. I would go to it. I think our time could be spent more productive elsewhere. <laughs> I feel like we could get some people to feel guilty and would come and watch us yeah. to make us feel better. Pity watch us. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd take, I'll take anything. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Okay. Um, there's also an anime <laughs> called The or Trap Family Story in 1991. I think I it's based... I've never heard of this. It's based on her book. But, yeah, it's, like, it's, we saw the, uh, like, art for it. It's a straight-up anime sound of music, which... Which, I'm just, like, trying to think how... Okay, we've talked about the book. It's, like, the first third of the book is about the stuff that we've come to know and love through the movie. The What's rest the... is just, like, their Christian values hunky-dorian around America singing songs and shit. I don't know. I think we have to watch it, even though I'm not... Well, I don't want to say... Uh, I'm not a big anime... Person. I would watch it probably just to see like what's up. Yeah, I would watch it because it sounds British. I'm wondering if it's like Christian. It's also events. 1991. That's a right. long time ago. Huh. We weren't even born. I was born. Depends on when it came out, Grace. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was born <laughs> towards the end of 1991. So, um, okay. It was also in Choo Choo Bang Bang. She, oh, yeah. she sings uh, 16 Going 17 when she dances around the gazebo, which mm-hmm. I feel like if you're in a gazebo, you think of that song. Always. I have certainly danced around gazebo singing. I have too. That song. And they say it's dangerous to do that because people have broken their legs. Like, not their legs. Oh. I think they've like sprained <laughs> their ankles and stuff at the yeah. actual gazebo in yeah. Salzburg. Yeah. Which I it would be me. Yeah. So you can't do that anymore. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> and then you want to talk about. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Julie, the Graham Norton show, Julie Andrews went on the Graham Norton show semi recently, I think in the last 10 years. Um, and the opening segment of the show was Graham doing a parody of like, opening song. of the opening songs. He's in a dress and he's singing, and, like, Julie was on that episode. So, I don't know. I she can't get away. She can't escape it. I mean, maybe she hates it, but she's just so kind that she doesn't want to tell anybody she hates it. No, she she likes it. Yeah. Um, that's what I tell myself. So, <laughs> Family Guy has a ton of sound music references. Mm-hmm. Um, Stewie sings, I Have Confidence, in his movie. Um, there's another episode where they wear the drapes as Lederhosen. <laughs> Seth, Seth MacFarlane made a sound of music joke when he hosted the Oscars. It was like a reference to when the Nazis are asking for the Von Trapp family to come on stage. And he's oh, like, yeah. they're gone. So Seth <laughs> MacFarlane loves sound music because he's Obviously. also the writer of Family Guy, if you don't know. Um, so, yeah, he loves sound music. The Simpsons, of course, have a Yokel Chords episode in 2007. Um 
uh, they have multiple episodes of Sound Music references and parodies. South Park did a whole Sound Music episode um, where <laughs> I haven't seen it, but they it was it, they kind of they showed like which character played which Sound Music character, and the funniest one I thought was Chef was cast as Friedrich. <laughs> so I kind of want to watch that episode. Um, so yeah, that's just a couple of the pop culture. We references. just pulled yeah. some of the most prominent and the ones that we recognize yeah which have to be more recent but i'm sure if you go like further back they're just endless we were scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through these references and um some of them are really great and funny but we could we could do a whole episode on just the references but (laughs) three hours special (laughs) we could but we won't yeah um we want to talk a little bit about um like the community theater in high school theater. I feel like Sound of Music music is done a lot. Like I watched a community theater Sound of Music in Asheville, or no, Brevard, North Carolina, which is like a smaller city outside of Asheville. I've never seen it. On on stage. Yeah. I just saw it that one time. But I feel like high schools do it a lot. Um, There's actually a high school in Chicago. That's doing it. That's doing it right now. Um, I was trying to figure out, like, why is it cheap to do? But it's, I've learned it's actually not that expensive to get rights to a play. Now right. that I know that, maybe I'll cast my own sound music. Right. Um, but do a gender-bender version of it. Yes, and we can get Ewan McGregor. <laughs> to come on stage. Please. With, like, some small theater. Yeah. Um, I think the reason why it's used a lot is because, one, it's well-known. So people, just like the why they chose it to do the, like, live showing on NBC it's like people will go see it Mm -hmm. and there's also a lot of roles that have like singing parts so it's good for like high school and also age variation too yeah to allow for like kids to adults yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah gosh it's Monday um so yeah that's I couldn't find out why it's done a lot but those are my well some of the actors from the original Sound of Music movie ended up doing community theater playing the different roles wasn't it um was it rolf or friedrich no it was rolf yeah Uh, i thought it was one of the girls Mm -mm. it was one of the boys moved to north carolina and did it maybe Uh, did you see him in the you said you saw a north carolina play did you see him no this was like a small small i mean also you don't know i don't know i doubt it this was not that long ago he's alive Oh, maybe he was Captain Von Trapp. He played Captain Von Trapp. All right, I have to look into this later. Oh my God, guys, <laughs> we hit on a gold mine here. <laughs> or maybe he directed it or something. Or maybe he was there and he didn't even know you were in. Well, the why would of a he legend. know that? Yeah. Well, I feel like I would have known if Rolf was playing Captain Von Trapp. They probably would have done promotions. Yeah. For it. I don't know. Well, I'll have to research this later. I have to find out. Stay um, tuned. We'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have one follow-up episode where I'm like, yes, he was there. Or no, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to talk about the sing-alongs? Yes. Thing? So, there, like we said, there's a bunch of sing-alongs where you could go and watch the movie, and you're in a theater with a ton of other Sound of Music fans, and... And they have the lyrics on screen. They have the lyrics on screen, and it's like a sing-along like you would imagine. You're encouraged to sing along. You are encouraged. But the funnest part is not just watching the movie and singing along, but... Um, people show up dressed up in all these crazy, crazy costumes, and they interact with the, the screen. Yeah. And 
it's very similar to Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's not as oh, I, I feel like I made you talk about this, but I'm the one who actually went to it. <laughs> yeah, it's not as crazy as Rocky Horror Picture Show, if you're familiar with that, where you, there's literally a response to every single piece of dialogue. But you are encouraged to like react loudly to the at least the one I went to in Chicago at the Music Box to react loudly to the the movie and like anytime the Baroness is on screen, you're supposed to hiss and you're supposed to like go ooh or clap every time the captain and Maria kiss and when they do it first their first kiss in the gazebo you like pop these little confetti poppers mm-hmm. um, so it's really fun and people dress up there's costume contests talk to us a little bit about some of the costumes you saw okay so my mom and I went as nuns and we thought that was pretty cool until we realized a lot of people went as nuns um, and we lost we like there was two guys dressed as nuns so obviously they yeah and one guy was dressed as a nun and he had um like a flask and he was sister because they're sister margarita in the <laughs> so oh he my was God. sister margarita on the rocks um oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then there was someone dressed as the curtains yeah i think she won there was also someone dressed as a brown paper package tied up with string there's a lot of there's like a kids dressed up all in lederhosen it was very cute um, someone dressed up as Rolf. Uh, yeah. Why would one, someone want to dress up like Rolf? I don't know. But the woman who dressed up as Rolf later, like, I'd, people people drink at this thing. It's not like a booze fest. It's definitely like a family-friendly thing. But she, towards the end, when, um, I forget what song Maria was singing. She was, like, uh, dancing through the aisles. <laughs> oh, my God. So she turned around. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was way more fun than I like I I thought it was gonna be fun but it like way surpassed my expectations right and we have a co-worker who took her father this is the one the friend of ours the co-worker we were talking about in our last episode who said that this is his favorite film and he's apparently a very serious man and like whatever and she took him to this thinking he it would be strange Mm -hmm. and he said she said he had the most fun in his entire life and she's never seen her dad this happy before you know and like he was really into like the engagement aspect of it and just like laughing and having a great time and I'm like this is what Sound of Music can do it can pull people out of their shells yeah and so the Music Box only does this they do like two weekends it's around Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and it is sold out like completely packed this entire theater you have to get your tickets like multiple screenings yeah I can. I was like, why don't they do it more often? But it's a bigger production than like, oh, everyone just watches Sound of Music. There's like, you get a little goodie bag. There's props. There's like talking beforehand. Right. And didn't the guy who set this up set it up with Charmaine Carr? I believe that's what he said. He definitely knows her and was friends with her. And she was involved in it. And he like talked about her book and stuff. Like that was one of the prizes for the costume contest was a copy of her book. So, yeah, she definitely was involved with it. Right. Which was cool. Oh. And then, I mean, I, they have these, like, all over the yeah, country. So do. you can just look up in your city. They definitely have them at the Hollywood Bowl and in New York City. So very fun. Go to, fun your, thing to do. your local Sound of Music sing-along. Yeah. Bring your parents. Mm-hmm. Bring, bring your, your parents. Bring your kids. Bring your cats. Bring your Tinder dates. <laughs> Could you imagine? I can, actually. I would love that as, like, a date, a first date. I mean, I think that, that like, weeds them out real quick. If they don't think that this is... Okay, maybe they're not, like, a Sound of Music fan. But you ha- you would have to have fun here. There's no way you can... If you don't have fun at this type of thing, like, if you're in the seat falling asleep, just forget it. Yeah, That's just it. go home. It's not a match. Yeah, no. Um, all right. So, 
You can also go on a bunch of really amazing like sightseeing and like informational tours in Salzburg revolving around the sound of music. And while Austria apparently hates the sound of music, <laughs> they sure as heck like to make money off of it. At least Salzburg does. At least Salzburg does. Um, so apparently 300,000 people come every year from around the world to go to Salzburg just for... The sound of music tours. Sound of music tours, exactly. Um, and you can... Like, there's tours for literally every aspect of the movie, but you can go to, like, the location tours and see Maribel Gardens and the Pegasus Fountain. That's where the dance scene with Maria and the children. Don't worry me. Yeah. Um, Schlausch Leopoldsgren, which is the house where the family lived. By the way, we have not mentioned this, but the house, or did we? I don't know. Maybe we let's did. T- let's try again. The house where the family <laughs> lived, or not where it was filmed, but the real house where the Von Trapp family lives, Heinrich Himmler like lived there after they oh, left. Yeah, so we did talk about okay. this. Yeah. Sorry. It's just like such a shocking we have fact. to yeah, we have to remind everybody. But that's not the Schloss Liebelskron. That's no. that's the house that, they used for the movie. Exactly. Um you can also go to Hellbrunn Palace, which there was some singing scenes there, Nonberg Convent, St. Gilgen or Wolfgagensee, which is where the opening scene of the the movie was filmed. Mm-hmm. Um and Mansi Basilica, which is where the wedding was. Um and there's a bunch of different companies you can go on these tours with. Um, or types of tours that the companies Exactly. Do. So different options. Gray Line, Salzburg sightseeing tours, um, which were guided tours of the actual Von Trapp family home. The which, actual The home. actual home. That I would, would be cool. Yeah. I would die to go see the actual family home. Although, like, it kind of freaks me out, the Henrik Hilmer thing. Himmler, yeah. Himmler. Himmler. Um, there's a Fräulein Maria's bicycle tour, which, again, would love... I have to say, though, I hate bicycle tours. They freak me out. First of all, I can only focus on, like, not getting killed. True. And everyone is riding on this bike willy-nilly, like, Mm -hmm. through the streets. If it was a bike tour through, like, a park, that's one thing, which maybe this would be more like that. Right. But I've been on a couple bike tours where they expect you to just ride through the city as if it's no big deal. I'm not used to, like, riding my bike in the city. No, for sure. No, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Especially, like, in a city where you don't know the traffic laws. Exactly. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't mind, like, riding a bike through a city, like, to get that experience. But then to be listening to a tour, no, it's like I could do one or the other. <laughs> Anyways, so do I wouldn't personally you, go on that tour. I wonder, do they give you, like, headsets so you can listen? Yes. And, and or I've done one like that, and then I've done one where also they'll just be like, okay, we'll stop, like, at certain places, and then you stop. But right, probably be more into that. Yeah, one. but then you still have to keep up with, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. True. That's just me. I like to be relaxed on my tours. <laughs> Um, you can do horse-drawn carriage rides. So the bicycle tours and the horse-drawn carriage rides, I feel like, are more about, like, reliving the experience that is in the film. You yeah. Know, that bicycle They scene. ride a horse-drawn carriage for, like, two seconds during Do Remy. But it's such a good moment because yeah. she's pointing at them and they're singing their parts. Oh, I love that. Um, a rickshaw tour called Round of Music. <laughs> I like when people see an opportunity for a pun and they take it. I can't get mad at that. Um, you, there's um, a singing tour guide who will spontaneously break out into song and likes to dress like Maria. Yeah. She says she breaks out into Sound of Music and Mozart. Yeah. Because Mozart is also from... Although I don't know how you sing Mozart. I, I, we, ha- we used to look this up because every time we bring up the Mozart singing thing, we're, we're flabbergasted. I didn't know that Mozart was singable. Well, I don't know. Maybe There must be lyrics that we don't know about. I don't want to say her name wrong, but I feel like her name is Tracy in the tour. is called Sound of Tracy. I think it might be, yeah. <laughs> her website looks really fun, though, so yeah. I, I wouldn't be against that. I, I love go- a tour guide that breaks into song. Yeah, I as long as she lets me join Tracy. her. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and she wears the outfit and everything. And yeah. Amazing. I'm sure the people of Salzburg are like, <laughs> who the heck is yeah. this bitch? She's, she's American. No, she's English. Oh, okay. Yeah. But still, she's... But she loves the sound of music and singing Mozart. Yeah, right. She's probably like, this is a money maker. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can sing, so I might as well. That's what I, if I could sing well enough in front of We'd move to Salzburg and, and I would make be my... be like a musical sound yeah. tour. Yeah. Um, this one is my favorite, though. Fräulein Maria's apple strudel cooking lessons. Oh, I guess she does. She sings about crisp yes. apple strudel, but yes. she never actually cooks it. Still. I wonder if this is the original Maria's, like the real Maria's. <gasps> oh, we should look that up. Um, but yeah, that one would be fun, too. I Oh, my God. I just love anything that's kind of kitschy like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm totally on board. Um, so the price of these could be anywhere from five, 50 to 300 euro. The 300 person. euro is like multiple experiences, yeah. I think. Worth just, it. Just tacking but, it on, tacking it on. But I mean, if you're going to do a whole day dedicated to Sound of Music, 300 euros, <laughs> <laughs> that's like almost $400. I know, with the exchange now. Um, yeah, it's like 360 US dollars, I think. Great. Um, Sign me up. <laughs> uh, what was I going to No say? expense. What is the saying? No expense lost? No expense. No, it's uh, spare no expense. Spare no expense. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> You're natural. Uh, yeah, all of these sound amazing. I think, like, just the, the like, just general tour of all different locations is only 50 euro, which, yes, totally yes, send me up for that. Um, okay, so now we want to tell some of our listener stories about how sound of music affected them and was, like, in their life. Yes. So. How should we give it a go? Should we start? Who do you want to start with? Well, let's start with one of the reviews that we got. Sure. Okay. So this is a listener who really likes our podcast for whatever reason, um, and they left us a review to tell us a little bit about <clears throat> their experience with Sound of Music and their children. Um, so apparently this person's children had never seen Sound of Music before. I'm just going to read this review. My kids, who are out of high school, somehow missed ever seeing Sound of Music. The other day we were visiting their grandfather's home. Granddad was watching it on cable TV. He went off to greet other guests arriving, but my kids quickly settled in and began watching. When it came time for dinner, Sound of Music had, by then, cast its spell. I could not pull my three grown children away from the TV. They were mesmerized by the story of Maria, the captain, the children, Salzburg, and the iconic settings. It was fun seeing my kids' reaction to a classic movie and no doubt captured my attention in just the same way. I love that story. Yeah. Because it's like, it has like it has everything. You have yeah. the whole family over for dinner. Granddad's watching Sound of Music on the TV. Multiple generations. Multiple generations. The kids come over, have never seen it. They sit down, they're watching it with Granddad, and then suddenly they can't get up. And even though I feel like Sound, sound of Music is aimed more towards a younger audience, they were obviously adult-aged young, exactly. <laughs> young adults, and they still liked it. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so this story, I'm just going to say it's from my mom, full disclosure, but um, <laughs> just so I can give this background. So my mom came from Cuba to the United States in 1965. So this was the summer of 1966. I saw Sound of Music at a drive-in, so it was still playing. Wow. Um, my first drive-in movie and probably one of my first movies ever in the United States. We were living in the outskirts of Danville, Kentucky, and I think the drive-in was out in the country between the hospital where they lived and the town. The movie was already out in summer 1965. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was enthralled by the movie and watched from the front seat or bench of the car between my parents. I remember trying to hold back tears. I was embarrassed, but I don't quite remember what part made me sad. Every time I've seen the movie since, I've wondered which scene made a seven-year-old cry. Was it the ki- when the kids saw Maria again after they thought she had left? 
Thank you for forcing me to take this walk down memory lane. Right now, more than anything, it reminds me of my mother and her endless enthusiasm for trying out all sorts of American customs. She'd say, let's do this thing. It's something Americans do. Some outings made more sense than others. She made my father take her cruising at the drive-in diner, American graffiti style. I went along because I didn't know any better. My 16-year-old sister stayed home. Can you imagine cruising with your parents? Plus, we did not have a hot rod car to show off. <laughs> um, and then she also has a story about she went to visit her cousins um, in Florida. Florida, and it was five girls and two boys. My mom and her cousin were both 13, and then the others ranged in the age from 11 to 3. So it was the perfect setup for, you guessed it, a Sound of Music remake. Oh, they had a modest stoop by the back door, and we tried doing the good night on the steps thing. The younger kids remember that the whole thing was complicated. They had never seen the movie, and there were no DVDs or YouTube videos for us to show them. So they say we kept bossing them around. I seem to remember that the whole exercise was a bust. They didn't slide down the steps, and they wouldn't skip while we sang Do Re Mi. We ended up just lining ourselves up according to height, <laughs> and they just stood there while the two 13-year-olds went through all the elaborate step. Years later, now that we are in our 50s and 40s, I still needle the um, younger cousins for not pulling their weight that day. <laughs> I probably need to let this go. That is a great yeah. story. So they love sound music. I definitely feel like, probably not with my cousins, but maybe with my cousins, but there's times when I was in a situation where there were multiple kids. Yeah. Oh, I did that summer camp all the time. Yeah. We like choreographed to So Long Farewell. Of course. And would sing it to like say goodnight to people. I know. Oh. God. Memory lane. I'm getting teary-eyed. Um, I'm not actually, but I almost could. Well, okay. So at the summer camp I went to, at the end of the night, there was like an end of the night thing and then people would like make announcements if there were things that were going to happen the next day and like sometimes you could make announcements for like something stupid Mm -hmm. it wasn't like super strict so we like (laughs) made an we were older I think we were like junior counselors at this point because we were working there but we like made an announcement and our (laughs) announcement was like me and like four people we had choreographed so long farewell so we sang the good night oh my god I just remember that we did that now I love that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, I have a little ditty from our tried and true friend, Nicole. (laughs) Our number one listener. Our number one listener. Um, So I'm just going to read what she wrote. The Sound of Music has been part of my life almost as long as I can remember. My first memories of it were watching the film with my family. It was something that could be put on at my grandfather's house and appease multiple generations, a rarity. By second grade, I knew almost all the major songs by heart because our music curriculum included The Sound of Music just about every year. I remembered learning Edelweiss as a seven or eight-year-old and not being able to stop singing it, much to my family's dismay. The Sound of Music was also played around the holidays during half days at elementary schools. For years, I thought it was everyone's experience, (laughs) but I'm told it's not. Maybe my principal was a huge fan. I think, yes, your principal definitely was a huge fan because we watched, um, what's that movie? The Giving It Forward movie with Macaulay Culkin? Or maybe not Macaulay Culkin. What's the kid in the name? The movie. Uh, No, it is Macaulay Culkin. Is it? No, no, no. The kid from The Shining. No, from, uh, not The Shining, from The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense. Um, That kid. Oh, Haley Drawsman. Yes, and it's the Pay It Forward movie, and that's the one we would get on That's uh, depressing. In elementary school you were? Yes. No, he, like, gets stabbed at the end. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Trust me, I know. It's traumatizing. We watched Finding Nemo. (laughs) I wish. I watched it, like, ten times in one day in middle school. Public school. Public school. Um, I'm continuing with Nicole's story. Um, it gave me. It took me a minute to realize that the sound of music revolves around World War II and the Nazis. 
um, and has Nazis in it. My history buff father had given me an understanding of what Nazis were from a young age, but I didn't make the connection until I was maybe in fifth grade. I distinctly remember watching Captain Von Trapp rip the Nazi flag in half in my fifth grade classroom, and that scene took on a new meaning for me. It's still a significant moment for me to this day. A reminder that when given a choice between doing what is right and what is wrong, we must always choose to do the right thing, even if we risk our lives to do so. On a lighter note, I think Christopher Plummer is one of the very is one of my very first girlhood crushes. Samesies. Um, he was certainly the least embarrassing one. Sound of Music means so much to me. Thank you both for doing the podcast. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't have read that part out loud. But you're welcome. <laughs> Smooth. Thanks. Um, I feel like Christopher Plummer was a lot of people's first crush. Because, like, so. as far as children's movies that have, like, hot men in it. <laughs> I know. He's definitely the best. I know. Yeah. Like, he came before, like, my Orlando Bloom phase. Oh, yeah. Way before. But he was, like, my crush before I even knew that I had a crush, you know, before of I even course. knew what a crush was. Yeah. Like, I didn't have a poster of him and, like, a shrine to him in my room, but in my <laughs> mind's palace I did. <laughs> Which I, I think I did, too. I think, like, there's something refreshing about his portrayal. Yeah, because he's, like, a macho man, but not in, like, a toxic way. Right. Which I think is hard to find. Yes. Because they do a good shot, or he does a good job of, like, being, you know, kind of serious, but at the same time being sensitive and, like, you know, a soft boy on the inside, Mm -hmm. which is what everyone wants. It's what everybody wants. Um, I have a short one from my dad, also full disclosure. Um, So for him, growing up as a kid um, and as, like, an adult with young children, it was a a once-a-year tradition, which I remember. This was something we would watch, like, at the holidays. Yeah. Always. Until recently, the... We used to watch this around Thanksgiving, and then as I aged, the Thanksgiving tradition transitioned into The Godfather, um, and we watch Sound of Music whenever we want now. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he had never really paid close attention to the movie for years, but somehow, like, recently it grabbed him, and he paid closer and closer attention, and he believed that the music and the stories were really well written and had great characters. So thanks, Richard. (laughs) Cute. Yeah. Uh, another story we had was um, another review. This was one of my favorite movies as a child. My older sister took me and my nieces to see this movie at the Capitol Theater in Milford in Connecticut. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's definitely Connecticut. It was the old style theater, which played one show at a time, and it's unfortunately no longer there, but the memories are still great of going to see this movie. I loved hearing all the details that went into the making of the movie and casting of it. I particularly liked hearing how the house was two different houses. Thoroughly enjoyed all the episodes. I also enjoyed that fact. <laughs> yeah, that's a good fact. Um, what makes it, what I think is interesting um, is wondering at what point in its screening did these people go to see the film like was it year one year two year year four four? and a half (laughs) exactly um and to think that when it came out that first time it was playing in these places that you know you could see one movie a day yeah and it had these big and it was the movie the movie and sometimes probably the the movie for like two years yeah that you could go see um so yeah that's always fun yeah cool uh another review we had um I don't want to say this person's name, but I guess you could look anyways. <laughs> okay, so he, he said, My wife and I have been singing the So Long Farewell song to our two-year-old son as his bedtime song since he was born. Recently, I was feeling guilty at some of the movie choices we made for him. Too much violence or scary stuff. So we went back to some wholesome goodness of the sound music. He loves it, especially the puppet show, and of course when the kids sing So Long to the party guests. I think yeah. those are two iconic scenes for children growing yeah. up. Well, I loved, 
I like the only reason I watched the first part of the movie is because the kids like sing the most in the first part of the movie. Like mm-hmm. the, I didn't really appreciate the second part until later. But yeah, I loved like Do Re Mi, um, So Long Farewell. Yeah, yeah, the Goat Herd song. I mean, I think I was really into as a child, like putting on performances. You know, I would take yeah. like a book and I would be like, I'm making this into a play, and I would force my brothers to like act with me in oh, the backyard. Yeah. My cousins and I would always do like you know choreographed dances to like of course or just read books out loud right and which is why i think i was drawn to the puppet show yeah so much because i loved the idea of like putting something on and having people watch it yeah but the puppet shows i put on were not it was like beanie babies i was moving with my hand versus like professional (laughs) professional austrian puppeteers (laughs) um but yeah i think that's why sound of music like kids love it so much mm because it's so fun to watch yeah yeah Well, Well, that's it. That's all we have. Until next time. Until we do our commentary. We are going to do the commentary, guys. So um, stick around for that. Yeah. And please, if you have any more stories or any more thoughts, just... You can write them in reviews, email us, maybe, you know... Whatever you want to do. We're here to chat. If the Sound of Music Twitter finally retweets us, then maybe a bunch of people will listen to it and... Yeah, we we would love to hear your stories because the stories are the, the most fun. Yeah. Um, again, email goodeveninggirls at gmail.com or you can just shoot us a review. A five-star review with your story. <laughs> Thank you. Um, stay tuned for the commentary um, and we really appreciate you guys listening with us. Yeah. Thanks for coming along with us on this journey. Yeah. Over the mountains, through the hills. To grandmother's... No. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is this is our final adieu, I guess. Adieu. Adieu. To, to you, you and you and you. And you. And you. I like how that has become our official sign-off. I think I love it so much. (laughs)